Hey everyone, first question this week comes via email from Jess. Hi Bloody Disgusting Crew, my boyfriend is a movie buff, but not so much into horror movies. I want to give him awesome horror movie recommendations, and that's where I need your help. He went to film school, oh. So you know, he's very <laughs> particular. Sorry, that wasn't the condescending, oh, that was a, ah, crap, I, I got nothing here. Oh, I was like, wait, wait. I have an English degree, I can't even recommend books to you all. Oh. <laughs> we watched the classics like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and some modern horror like Hereditary and Us, but he's not really into it. He thought they were just okay. I want something that'll blow him away. Can you guys recommend some horror movies? It could be old or new. I just need something for someone who's a bit picky, or maybe I just need to get a new boyfriend. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to say that that's my advice just to save myself coming up with an answer, but maybe you need a new boyfriend. Uh, Let me know. (laughs) Ha ha. Just kidding. Anyway, thanks for, or sorry for the lengthy email. I listen every week. Love you guys. Thanks, Jess. Uh, Zena, let's start with you. Sure. Okay. So I have a couple, you know, so I'm going to start off with George A. Romero's classic, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. It's an awesome movie. It's nice to look at. I'm also going to go with something modern, The Night House, because it scared me and visually it's just stunning. And then I was just talking about this movie today because I'm going to do a whole rewatch of the franchise, Phantasm. I, the movie is just perfection to me, and I feel like everybody needs to enjoy it. And then another uh, modern one, it follows. And then just last, uh, Scanners, because everybody needs some, you know, to enjoy some heads exploding. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and say thinking for a film student or film school graduate, I'm going to say The Shining, and it's not because I think necessarily The Shining is a masterpiece, but mostly from the documentary Room 237, and maybe that's a good companion watch because of how much time they spend digging into, I don't want to say the minutia of the movie, but after watching it a second time, there were definitely some parts of that documentary where I was like, really? You think Stanley Kubrick was thinking that? That seems like a little bit of a stretch, but... Hey, maybe he was, I don't know the guy. Um, so that kind of seems like something like pick apart, like a person who is so specific for every scene that that might be an appreciation for a film student. How about you, Megan? Um, so I went with keeping in mind that they have not liked anything so far. Get a new boyfriend. Um, (laughs) I kind of went with things that I thought that a film film school student would get appreciation out of, like just in terms of filmmaking techniques and form and studying that and things that are kind of a little bit of a genre blend. So maybe if it's not outright horror, they're Mm -hmm. more receptive. So I went with like Silence of the Lambs, um, Pan's Labyrinth, anything Guillermo del Toro related, because he's always talking about like eye protein as far Mm -hmm. as these things aren't there on screen for candy. Like there's nourishment, there's a purpose for it. Mm -hmm. Um, so Pan's Labyrinth for sure, but like anything he does really, I think is great for just people who love film and film students. Um, and then the sixth sense for very similar reasons. I think that's a little bit firmer into horror, but there's also a lot of rules that M night Shyamalan has that Mm -hmm. are very fascinating. Um, like the color red or the cold is always indicative of there being a ghost on screen. So I thought that that was something that it's like, if you don't like horror, maybe that's the type of thing that is a good entry point for you. But again, you deserve a boo who likes horror. So, yeah. (laughs) Or at least doesn't actively dislike horror. 
there at least be like, okay, be everyone supportive. likes their own stuff. Yeah, just support what we love. That's all we ask. And second question uh, from Robin in Savannah. On the podcast, you guys often highlight four or five streaming services like Tubi, Shutter, Amazon, or Netflix. What are some of the other services you really love? All right, so I'm going to go ahead and before Xena screams at you about Screenbox, <laughs> you should put Screenbox in your life. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally just thinking today how much I love Tubi. Like, yeah. I don't. Like I get that Netflix gets all the credit and and even like Amazon streaming and Max and things like that, but the um, like the depth of the pool for Tubi, especially for horror fans, they 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 had a phone like a phone footage category like opened up for me the other day and it made me so happy. Shutter still isn't doing it, and I cannot figure out why Shutter is not like here's your phone footage, like curated results which you know you can also check out shutter um but other than that i think the only one other ones i ever watch are peacock and pluto i think that covers most of them but do you two have other ones sometimes i feel like you two mention other ones that i've never even heard of yes yes (laughs) (laughs) would you care to name them no just yes (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna keep that one behind a paywall no, uh, I think Hulu is really good for a lot of modern, like recent releases. So stuff yeah. that got released at the beginning of the year, you'll probably find it on Hulu. That's right. Or Infinity even, Pool's like, on there right now. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, there's a good so, one for a film student. Go watch that. So, yeah, I feel like that might be a bit of a graduate course if oh. you don't like horror, but we'll see. Or X or Pearl. X would be interesting to hear what a film student thinks about that. Uh, yeah. good time good ride for them yeah. um i'm gonna say Fawesome. i recently uh been trying it out and it's kind of like tubi you know it's, it has like the the free ads you don't need an account you know similar to tubi obviously there's some ads but they literally have like over a thousand movies shows i found movies on there that either i've never heard of or it's hard for me to find like there's this one that's called um the arrival AKA the unwelcome. And it's from like the late eighties, John Saxon's in it. And I couldn't find it anywhere. And then it's just there. I was like, Whoa. So, you know, it's just pretty cool. What's that service called? Fawesome. Fawesome. Oh, kind of like midnight, midnight pulp is a little bit like that. Right. Midnight pulp is so awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, or uh, highly recommend Paramount plus since they recently combined with Showtime, there's a ton of horror movies now available for Paramount plus too. And AMC Plus, and then you get Shutter and everything too. There's so, there's so many. Don't mm-hmm. just get rid of your normal cable. There's nothing on it. Just get all your streaming services, <laughs> and you're good to go. Speaking of being good to go, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic, and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from a YouTube channel, website, Real Queen of Porn, or Infinite Love for the Genre, and head of Bloody Disgusting's TikTok, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. You guys couldn't see, but I did a hair flip. With so. the amazing hair flip. It was just for us, and we appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm John. If, the, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to look around the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe the things that'll make you smile, too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? 
Uh, so I recently just checked out Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break on Shudder. It just came, well, it came out in 2021. A thrift store worker is set on winning a big national talent show, but when the actions of five selfish people cause him to miss his audition, he sets out to seek deadly revenge. So, yeah, so there's this guy named Paul Dude. He's convinced that he is destined for stardom. So um, he's in his 40s. He works at this thrift store. He lives with his mom, but it doesn't bother him. He's still living his best life. Um, and there's even a woman who he has a crush on who works at the mall and she thinks that he's the bee's knees too, you know? So he's just convinced. So he decides that he wants to enter this, like, it's like a contest that's kind of like the X factor, um, or like American Idol, but it's like singing, dancing, you know, type of Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. And so he confused the dates. And then once he finds out about it, his mom even like makes an outfit for him. It's like ran by this guy named, um, Jack Tap, he's going to be hosting it. And it takes place on like an app, kind of like TikTok. So it's pretty cool. So anyway, he runs into these selfish people. And it's, it's, it's so heartbreaking because they're just like blatantly mean to him for no reason. Like it's, it's kind of upsetting where it's like, what is your problem? But anyway, um, yeah, this is pretty much in the synopsis. His mother dies. And honestly, some will say, oh, it's natural causes. No, there were, there were a lot of things that happened that caused his mom, you know, like, because of that he makes it to the audition it doesn't go too well and so from there you know he goes back to work and he's on his lunch break and he decides that he wants to take he wants to get revenge but then he realizes that the revenge it is not uh what he fantasized it is not that easy or glamorous you know mm-hmm. um or anything like that so yeah uh, i know i know someone who actually compared this he compared it to spree or shook i don't feel that way um i feel like it is very fun it's full of a lot of gore there's comedy, but the comedy is also kind of dark because like, yeah, you have this guy. He's just like, just a very happy guy. Like, you know what I mean? He's kind of like, he has like an Alice Cooper type of vibe, you know, going on. And, you know, you just, you just want him to win, you know? And there's a really cool death scene that just screams maximum overdrive that I was living for. It just just made me so happy. But yeah, it's a good movie, but I'm not going to lie. Like I said, just going back to it. It's like, the people, and you know, sometimes in life you come across people who are just miserable and they don't want other people to be happy. And if you feel like he's delusional because he wants to enter a con, why does that bother you? Like, like people were like bothered by his existence and like the treatment he was getting is just horrible. But anyway, I really like this one. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it made me laugh. And then, you know, like there's some sad parts where it's like, oh no, but yeah, it's a good time. So, yeah, I just, it. I feel like we need a, a Xena letterboxed list of like horror movies with dude, some form of dude in the title. Paul <laughs> Dude's Deadly Lunch Break, Dude yeah. Bro Party Massacre, Dead Dudes Dead in a House. In house. So That's... yeah, we Xena's Dudes. Dudes. That, I mean, that would be so cool. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good time. You can check it out. Then next up, I checked out the Maper TV thriller horror movie called The Watch from 2008, available on Balsam. So there's a college student. She's traumatized at a young age. Um, when she's attempted, you know, someone tries to abduct her, but it's supposed to be for an experiment. Like, it's just terrible. Anyway, so then she decides, um, you know, she's an adult now. She's a grad student. And she decides to accept this job. Um, as an isolated fire watch um, person in this watchtower in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing but woods. And she's doing that because she does need to finish her thesis, but she also wants to face her fears because it is kind of crippling. Every single day, it just seems like she can't seem to like, you know, live her life 
in a normal type of sense. So anyway, um, it would be a good idea for her to try to like finish her thesis. But then she starts to find that there's someone perhaps watching her. There may or may not be someone who is undead that's talking to her. And it really does look creepy. So I've never... Um, heard of this one Cleo Cleo Duvall she's in it you know we love her in the faculty and so it's just cool just to see her in, in this type of role because she just seemed in some ways you know a little bit helpless and you kind of feel for her and so I'm not gonna lie it does have like a psychological like vibe that's going on there's like a dreary vibe there's a twist I did see the twist coming but there's just something about this movie that I don't know I just find myself you know still thinking about it um yeah I just kind of like like the whole vibe about it so but yeah if you like made for tv movies that has like a little bit of mystery you have to figure it out is she dead who's dead you know so it's just like cool like that so yeah like, oh man who's dead <laughs> yeah, I tell myself just she's dead but that's that's not it but you know but yeah how about you megan uh i watched new life at fantasia um there's no release date yet but i'm sure that will change soon um this is about a woman uh elsa she is an older woman she's a fixer that's hired by the government to fix things and she's uh tasked with capturing this woman this young woman on the run so um the the older the fixer she's dealing with als she's just been diagnosed with als and so this is kind of like a last not really hurrah because it's a job that she's not really wanting to do, but it is kind of like a last job because symptoms are oncoming. So it kind of plays like this interesting slow burn thriller that's following these two parallel women, the one that's dealing with her ALS and and tracking the one on the run. And then the younger woman who's actually on the run by foot, she's trying to make it to Canada. And it's interesting. It's very, like, slow burn, very drama forward. And then, you know, there's hints that there's something more genre to it. And then you get there and you're like, holy hell. And they won't say what it is because I'm not sure if that's something that they want out there. I'm sure if you read reviews, it maybe it says. But um, – and it probably hints where it's going. But the way that they do it, it goes from, like, really elegant uh, drama thriller to – holy hell, I wasn't expecting that horror twist. Um, and it it kind of settles back, but it's just an interesting genre bender that kind of dabbles in a lot of different things. And it's just really well done. Um, feels very relevant. It feels like the type of small movie that was shot in COVID that's kind of inspired by it, but it's mm. so far removed that you wouldn't think so if you weren't living through it, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's definitely interesting food for thought. I was surprised by it. Um, and then a movie that I'm so sad is a bit of a bomb. Mm. The last voyage of the Demeter, uh, is in theaters now. That is basically it's, it's kind of the easiest way to put it is that it's based on a chapter from Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's chapter seven, but it's really only a couple pages in chapter seven, um, mm. that really is picking up from the captain's log where Dracula's ship rolls in and everybody's dead. And then he goes about his reign of terror. So it happens pretty early on. Um, and this is directed by Andre Avdal, who did, you know, a uh, troll hunter, um, scary stories to tell in the dark, the autopsy of Jane Doe. 
It's got an amazing production design by Edward Thomas, who did both Escape Room movies, Monster Hunter, one of the Resident Evil movies. So he's used to just this big, massive scale, um, just meticulous design on, on a massive scale. I really liked it. Um, I, I saw a bunch of reactions on social media that they were, somebody was definitely upset that it was a slasher. It's not a slasher. Um, it is not, it is a period piece creature feature. So it, mm. it comes with the period piece flow. Mm. So if that doesn't sound, and I suspect that's probably a lot to do with it. Like the period piece of it all. Um, because a lot of people also on Twitter seem very confused that it's a Dracula movie. It's like the whole weekend people were like, it's Dracula on a boat, like snakes on a plane. <laughs> no, they're just figuring that out. <laughs> They're just figuring it out. I don't know. I don't know. And obviously, this is just, you know, a specific quarter of the market there. That's not speaking for everybody. But may, I, I don't know if it's just the period piece or that people are tired of Dracula stories or that people genuinely had no clue what this movie was. Um, but he did such an amazing job. I cared about the characters. He gets super ballsy with the kills. I mean, you know that a lot of people are going to die because that's that's the story. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of surprised by the way that he does it, he being the, the filmmaker. But I just think it's top to bottom, such a, a well-produced, well-made movie on a budget scale that's not very common these days. So it always, I always get a little sad when we have this big budget because horror is really the reason why it's always thriving is because you do this you can turn a profit easily with low budgets and this one's on the higher end it's still not nearly uh the same level as like a marvel movie or most of the summer blockbusters but for a horror movie it's it's a pretty good size budget so i'm sad that like we're never going to get these again if nobody supports them um yeah. but i also totally understand why this doesn't work for people but i personally loved it and i'm sad that it didn't do well I was really curious. I was like, how are you going to turn that small section of the book into a movie? And then I saw the trailer and I was like, are you guys spoiling like the whole movie in the trailer? And so, yeah, I was kind of curious to hear what your reaction was. I, I still look forward to seeing it again. I don't know if I'm going to see it in the theater, which makes me possibly part of the problem. But um, I mean, it's yeah. It could be the movie. I don't know what, what the, the answer is. Is it like the Dracula? Because Renfield was also Dracula and that also did not do well. Mm -hmm. Is it just that we have too many, like Dracula is such an iconic character that nobody cares anymore? Nobody knows. No, Nobody is familiar with the Demeter passage in the book. I don't know. I mean, was I it know. just terrible timing because of the writer and the actor's strike that they couldn't do the publicity that might have helped push them over the edge? No, because they banked uh, publicity. They banked the press mm. junket before the strikes because I did interview Corey Hawkins, the lead, before, like, when was this? I feel like it was well ahead of the strike. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I just, my theory is if it's not Dracula, it's the period piece. I don't think period pieces usually sell that's, very yeah, well. That's, that's what I was thinking with that, because I, I didn't get to go over the weekend. I plan on going during the week, but mm -hmm. maybe too, with this, I did see that too. There were some, I saw some people who were confused and I'm uh, how, but it, it's okay. It's fine. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm genuinely confused, but something that may happen, you know, there's been like a lot of talk and maybe because of that, that will maybe help the sales. Maybe people will go and go check it out because of it, because they're confused. Sometimes maybe, that happens. But it's, 
It's got a lot. It's it's a huge deficit. Like the I think the box office reports was six point five million, which is only I think the, yeah. the reported budget was around forty to fifty million. Oh. So that is that's a huge climb that I kind of don't see oh. happening. And I just I think my biggest worry is that I don't want that to to hinder of doll's um momentum, you know, oh. like yeah. I would like him, he's such a talented filmmaker that I would like him to keep getting this type of thing, you know? So I don't know. I really liked it. I also understand why it wouldn't work for people, but I'm also still very perplexed that it was so poorly received mm. yeah. across the board. Oh. But yeah. Barbenheimer's fault. I don't know. It's, it's no. <laughs> well, I watched two movies that had no impact, that Barbenheimer had no impact on whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, the first of which, because it was set in 2011, which was Megan's pick, The Awakening, on Screenbox. In 1921, England is overwhelmed by the loss and grief of World War I. Hoax exposer Florence Carthcart visits a boarding school to explain sightings of a child ghost. Everything she believes unravels as the missing begin to show themselves. All right, Megan, why this one? Because it's in the same vein of, like, Devil's Backbone and The Orphanage, just mm. a very spooky period gothic horror movie that I feel like is a little bit under the radar. Mm. So I felt like uh, you might like it. This is one of those movies where I feel like I've seen the movie imagery or the poster of this for so long. Mm -hmm. Like, the number of times it's popped up on streaming services and I just never watched it. I don't know why. Like, I looked at it and I always thought it was like Mila Jovovich. On it. It's not. It's Rebecca Hall. I guess from the, the blown hair kind of does look like a Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Maybe there maybe she's in another poster that looks like that. I'm not sure. I, I can't speak to that. But it's got Rebecca Hall and Dominic West, both of whom I really enjoy uh watching. And I really liked it. You know, there's some I don't know if it was the director or the cinematographer or what, but there was something about the way I find myself talking about this so much. Like visually I get captivated by movies a lot these days. Maybe I always used to, and I just didn't think of it as much, but there was just something about it. Just like the location of the kind of abandoned boarding school. Most of it's shot in the light. There aren't that many, like there are some scenes in the dark with some, some scares in the dark, but most of it's not. Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of it that kind of gets me. It's like, okay, it's what the hell's happening in the light. Like, obviously, we've talked about before pulling off horror in the daylight is it's difficult. Yeah. But when it's done right, it's it's like its own thing. Like, it's almost its own category. Like, you need to almost call it like daylight horror or something to like let people know, hey, just so you know, like, it's not jump scares out of the shadows and things like that. Um, But like the story itself and the the ending and which, which feels familiar from other things, because mm -hmm. obviously if you see it, you'll, you'll understand, but I recommend it. It was, I don't have like a good synonym for it. It's almost like it was a smooth watch. Yeah. Like yeah. there was no point where I felt like it was lagging or like I was disinterested, but it's also not like my heart necessarily was pounding. I was just like, right. cool. I want to keep watching this. Like, it just was like the time went by really fast and it was just really enjoyable. And it was across the board. All the performances were so good. 
maybe that's part of it too, is it just kind of feels like when you feel a little bit more like a voyeur watching a movie than an audience member, like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, you guys are really nailing this 1921 period piece. Plus, I'm fascinated by World War One, that it's mm-hmm. largely overshadowed despite the fact that that is pure nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there aren't more horror movies set during World War One is crazy because it's basically a horror movie <laughs> just right. in itself. So, no, good pick. Thank you. I was going to say, like, um, it's kind of, to me, it always have like a similar feel to that movie that Megan picked for you before called The Innocence. Like, they kind of like have like the same kind of like vibe thing going on, like the way it looks, the way it's shot. Oh, okay. I was going to say that does not feel like the same movie oh, to me. Like, oh, no. The, the look, the, the look the yes, line. yes. The look and the blockings and things and yeah, the... the um, Almost like the focus isn't even necessarily on the the actors themselves a lot mm-hmm. of the time, but it's kind of like the actors and the interaction with the place. Because yeah. especially in The Awakening, the place is important. You just yeah. don't know why, and maybe you don't even realize it until you find out why. Um, no, that's no, I didn't even think of it that way, but yeah, it totally makes sense. And then I watched Xena's pick, which I paid for 1990s yeah. <laughs> Guardian. <laughs> Which I think was like three ninety nine or two ninety nine on Amazon. A young couple with a newborn baby don't realize that the nanny they hired is a magical nymph who sacrifices infants to an evil tree. All right, do you know why this one? Besides from wanting you to pay, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this movie. There's like a flying nanny. There's evil tree <laughs> monsters. For some reason, people are getting slapped by the wind. Like, I can't stop thinking. Like, whenever I think about the movie, I think about people getting slapped by the wind. There are these dogs literally from hell. Like, it, this movie has it all. Also, those parents are boring, but that's it. They are, yes. The parents <laughs> are the least interesting part of the movie, that's for sure. The whole setup is really interesting to me in this, too, because you get, like, the first year of the movie happens in like the first three minutes yeah it's very strange how they decide to be like okay let's set up where they come from and how they get there mm-hmm. and now they've got a new more baby like i i don't think we needed any of that but okay right <laughs> it almost felt like it felt very um tales from the crypty like in mm-hmm. that way like let's breeze through the setup and all this stuff and uh yeah i i just I don't know that I've ever, I mean, I'm sure they exist, Xena, you're kind of our witchy woman, that all of a sudden, like, Wiccan practitioners were called evil. Like, maybe there's still plenty of people who think Wiccans Mm -hmm. are evil, but I was like, I feel like they're some of the least evil people in the world. Like, they just dig nature and trees and stuff. (laughs) Like, like, no, let's make them evil. They (laughs) sacrifice people to trees. Um, But... And it had a very, it, it definitely felt evil daddy to me, mm-hmm. uh, especially towards the end, which I always appreciate anyway. Uh, and like, it just, it felt like a bunch of different movies, you know, kind of hands that rocks a cradle, a little bit evil dead, a little yeah. bit creature feature, a little bit exploitation, like with the bikers and stuff. And which was a way more brutal scene than I thought it was going to be. I was like, whoa, this escalated so fast for this woman who's just in a field with a baby. Like those dudes, come on guys. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is one I I'd never even heard of this one. It wasn't anywhere on my radar, but I really liked it. 
this was another this felt very comfort watchy we as weird as that sounds and as much as i don't necessarily as i talked about many times before like movies that feature children like hurt tend to hurt my daddy heart but Mm -hmm. fortunately as much as the child was an important facet of this movie i kind of forgot it existed most of the time because they're also running around with it so much and throwing it (laughs) it, (laughs) it's never really hurt yeah so it kind of just turns into like a prop to me at a certain point Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay well what's going on with the rest of these people and what are they going to figure out and it's i mean it's almost like a creature like a werewolf creature feature like with the wolves themselves like because that's a there's a a long scene involving the wolves and yeah it was it was not what i expected which i don't even know what i expected but by the end i was like yeah i dig this like um that was worth the 299 or 399 or whatever i paid for it so yes i paid for it but no i didn't regret it so i don't know if that's a win or a loss for you it's a win (laughs) okay good i'm I'm glad you didn't just try and pick crap for me to pay for. no no i have those if you want those too but Uh, i'm not there yet well maybe once we start getting in the 200s as far as episodes are concerned i'll really start scraping the bottom of the barrel okay before we move on what did we watch and how did we watch it uh so i checked out paul dude's uh deadly lunch break on shutter and the watch on Balsam. Awesome. What a fun name. Um, I watched I watched New Life at Fantasia and The Last Voyage of the Demeter in theaters. And I watched The Awakening on Screenbox and The Guardian on VOD. And I know I'm going to need homework because I am just I'm already redirecting my focus to October. Oh, before I forget, I do have a book recommendation and an audiobook recommendation. It's called Tales from the Gas Station, Volume 1, by a writer named Jack Townsend. And I've always been a fan of this. Anyone who who listens to the podcast, who listens to Creepy, we've done many Tales from the Gas Station stories in the past. And this is his first, he's got four novels out, but this is the first in the series that is narrated by me. And so go on Audible and, you know, check out Tales from the Gas Station. The, the It was originally uh, narrated by Mr. Creepypasta and Jack reached out to us to do more of a full production. So we have like sound design and music and, and a partial Aww. cast and everything to do the roles. So yeah, Tales from the Gas Station. So there, I did a book review of a yeah. book that I had to read because I read it. It's <laughs> very cool though. But I also love it. It's it's comedy horror very much. Like it's not, I wouldn't call it scary, but it's it's very much in the comedy vein if that's what you're looking for. Okay, back to me needing homework. Uh, Zena. Um, are you a fan of Stuart Gordon? Reanimator? Yeah, Beyond? totally. Yeah. Okay, so do you know... I was thinking Stuart mean? Little at first. I was like, the mouse? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. That's what well, I bring to the show, seen folks. seen Dolls? I haven't from seen From 1987? Aww. Oh. Yay. Totally yeah, and that's a fact. <laughs> my heart. Same doll. Same doll. What okay, uh? What's it on? on okay, not f awesome. Not on awesome. Next week, okay. perhaps we'll dabble into some falsamy stuff. All right. That I'm gonna be insufferable after John watches it. Anytime somebody's like, <laughs> if you say something, so I'll be like, you know, John, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, Megan. What's your pick? Okay, I'll give you a choice: reader mm. or non-reader. I'm going to go non-reader. I got to do a bit of writing this week. 
Okay, then it's catch-up time for you. Uh, Bones and all hit Prime Video. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really liked it, so I hope you do too. We will see. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So, Megan, tell us some amazing news. Already know it. This is John. I do. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Shutter Studio 71, Cinepocalypse, and Bloody Disgusting are time rewinding all the way back to the 80s with VHS 85, which is set to have its world premiere at this year's Fantastic Fest, which was in Austin from September 28th or September 21st through 28th. Um, Being that it's a Shutter co production, just like the last one. There's no date yet, but it's probably going to head to Shutter shortly after. Don't hold me to that. I mean, it is coming. I just don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um, but the iconic found footage series returns with an array of explosive, bloody scares set in a decade obsessed with serial killers and satanic panic. Uh, no plot on segments. Why would you want that anyway? Going surprised. But I can tell you who the lineup is. Uh, the returning legacy filmmaker, he's the only one returning from the entire VHS series, um, is David Bruckner, mm. who did the first films Amateur Night and has since directed The Ritual, The Night House, and Hellraiser on Hulu. Oh. Uh, Scott Derrickson, who did The Black mm. House in Sinister. Holy Natasha, crap. Uh, yeah, Natasha Kermani previously directed Imitation Girl, and uh, there's a movie on Shudder called Lucky. Mm-hmm. She did that. Uh, Gigi Saul Guerrero, Yay. who helmed Culture Shock and Bingo Hell. Wow. And Mike P. Nelson, the director behind The Domestics and The Wrong Turn Reboot. Awesome. So, Can I, I love this so much. <laughs> Not just the movies, but it is so cool that there is a thing that is bringing in these amazing filmmakers. Like at first it was kind of, kind of discovering Shining a Light. And yeah. now these big name filmmakers are like, oh, yeah, let's get in on that. That is so cool that it's maybe because mm-hmm. it's a flight of fancy, maybe because it's a departure. They just want to do a short horror, yeah. whatever it is. But it is so cool that they're like, yeah, let's get in on this. Love it. Let's do it. Yeah, that that was John news. And uh, <laughs> this is probably Xena news. I like that I can pluck news you can. from you guys. You know us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the slasher comedy, totally killer trying to do a valley girl i don't think i did it totally killer <laughs> totally killer. On, totally killer <laughs> is on the way from blumhouse and amazon studios and it's going to be released in time for halloween this is the part where i get excited because i feel like this is the time of year where you know halloween is literally peeping around the bush michael myers style <laughs> and all the news is going to start coming uh so totally killer hits prime video on october 6th uh, it is rated R for bloody violence, language, sexual material, and teen drug slash alcohol use. It is a continuation of the Blumhouse slash Amazon Studios deal um, that have been ongoing. And it is going to star Kiernan Shipka, the uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Mad Men, uh, Olivia Holtz from Cru- Cruel Summer, Julia Julie Bowen from Modern Family. But I would like to note that she's also an American werewolf in Paris because, you know, I tie everything back to horror. That's what we do. And Randall Park, uh, the film follows Jamie played by Shipka, whose mom played by Bowen is terrorized by the resurgence of the sweet 16 killer, a masked maniac that slaughtered a group of teen girls in the eighties with the help of her friend, Amelia. She travels back in time to 1987 and teams up with the teen version of her mom to try and stop the killer. Uh, Nanjaka Khan, 
who was behind Always Be My Maybe for Netflix as mm-hmm. directing, and Jen, Dial- Jen D'Angelo penned the screenplay based on original script by David Madelon and Sasha Pearl Raver. This definitely reads like Back to the Future meets The Final Girls. Yes. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems like uh, this is a Xena teen horror kind of deal. So we'll it look is. forward to your thoughts I'm on that really- when that releases really excited about this one i love the cast i love like the synopsis of it so i cannot i'm just gonna check it out i don't care if there's a trailer check it out. i'm just gonna watch it get it in my eyes <laughs> i mean there will be a trailer eventually now you can you can definitely check out images they mm-hmm. debuted a bunch of images um that you can check out on bloody disgusting but yeah just skipped ahead this is this is a xena movie if they it would have been more it, Xena movie if they had put dude in the title. Yeah. But you've got like Titanic <laughs> Panics, Team Slasher, like maybe you know. somebody might say dude in the movie. Somebody's so gotta say dude, right? That's an eighties thing. Like yeah. outrageous dude. I don't know. Maybe I'm we'll just I'll just ADR it. They'll let me, right? Yeah. ADR to get that dude in there and then you're set. Um and then news that is definitely all three of us, I believe. Um, but based on the tales of Edgar Allan Poe, Mike Flanagan's final series for Netflix is uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, and it's going to be unlike anything Flanagan has done before. The limited series from Intrepid Pictures is based on multiple works from Poe, so a lot like his other series on Netflix that remixes a lot of the author's works. Um, but Netflix announced that it will premiere on October 12th. In this eight and this wicked eight episode limited series based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe, ruthless siblings Roderick and Madeline Usher have built Fortunato Pharmaceuticals into an empire of wealth, privilege, and power. But past secrets come to light where the heirs to the Usher dynasty start dying at the hands of a mysterious woman from their youth. The ensemble cast includes Carla Gugino, Mary McDonald, Carl Lumley, Mark Hamill, Bruce Greenwood is playing Roderick Usher. And I'm not going to go through the entire cast list because if if you've seen a Flanagan show or movie before, pretty much assume they're all coming back for this. <laughs> like everybody he's worked with is going to be in this. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, Carla Gugina told Tudum.com last year during production, it's batshit crazy in the best possible way. It has a lot of very dark humor, but also touches the soul, which is kind of that part, very Flanagan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mike Flanagan and Michael Feminari each directed four episodes of Usher. So, yeah. Nice. All right, listeners, your turn. What's your favorite horror movie anthology? And why is it the VHS series? (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone know Mike Flanagan personally? Or at least well enough to ask if he needs a new dead body in his next series? (laughs) Please. I swear he's... Come on. Come on. Somebody make John a dead guy. Dead guy number three. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Not not real dead guy. Fake dead guy. Dead guy for fun. That's your credit. But dead guy number whatever. But, But dead guy. That's it. That's it. I'm good. I'm happy. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Xena is going to make all our lives easier on the Sea of Horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Xena, what should we be watching? 
So kind of like Megan said, we're at that time of year where things are racking up with the movies. So we have a packed week. So first up on Friday the 18th, we have Birth slash Rebirth. This will be available in limited theaters. A morgue technician successfully reanimates the body of a little girl, but she must harvest biological materials from pregnant women to keep the child breathing. When the girl's mother, a nurse, discovers her baby is alive, the two enter into a deal that forces them down a dark path. Well, duh. What, what other kind of path will that be? Then we have Dark Windows. This will be available on VOD. A group of teenagers take a trip to an isolated summer house in the countryside. What starts out as a peaceful getaway turns into a horrific nightmare when a masked man begins to terrorize them in the most gruesome ways. Then we also have Haunting of the Queen Mary. This is another one that will be on VOD. This one explores the mysterious and violent incidents that occurred around one family's cruise on Halloween night in 1938 and how those occurrences connect to another family's fate on the same ocean during the present. I'm bummed out that I didn't actually tour the Queen Mary when I was in Long Beach. I feel like that would have been fun. But, But what I did see is the Queen Mary is hosting something special this Halloween. It's called Shacktoberfest. In Ooh. which Shaquille O'Neal is hosting a haunted house attraction at the Queen Mary. Guys, we should go. It's <laughs> 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 time. <laughs> we yep. should. They do have a really cute like tour that is very like haunted house like. So Forget sure Halloween it's... horror nights or whatever you guys have. Oh no, that's part of it. You don't know. She's oh, okay, okay. Tour. Oh, I see. So you we go to Disneyland else? and Long Beach. Mm-hmm. I, I I did read that it's supposed to be Knott's Scary Farm's 50th year, and I've never been to Knott's Berry Me Farm, either. let alone Scary Farm. Yeah, so, that's what like, the big deal was at Midsummer Scream was the fact that it's the 50th anniversary, so they had all the setups. Oh, that's amazing. I feel like I need this in my life. Cena, L.A. tour of Guys, Halloween. I think I'm being serious. Side <laughs> little track rabbit hole. We need to plan a spooky time together. You know, <laughs> we've been doing this forever now for like 10 years. And we have yet. <laughs> it only feels like 10 years. <laughs> oh, I know we do. But okay, back to back to the movie. So on Tuesday, the second, <laughs> uh, the Blackening, you can now own it on DVD or Blu-ray. So we talked about this one. This is a dark trio approved. Everyone liked this one, right? Nope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we talked about this before too. So make sure you order some uh, pastas from uh, pasta from Applebee's when you check this one out. And then... <laughs> <laughs> that still just makes me laugh. So okay. Anyway, um, then we robodoc the creation of robocop this will be available on screenbox mm. this is an immersive four plus hour journey into the making of the seminal sci-fi movie robocop from 1987 then we have the gritty sci-fi creature feature subject this is another one that will be available on screen box a man ensnared in a sinister government experiment on his way to prison william is presented with an intriguing offer take part in a shadowy government experiment and have his sentence commuted Boom, boom. Then we have the sci-fi, another sci-fi horror called Brightwood. This one will be available on VOD. So a couple uh, finds themselves trapped while on the run around a pond. And it's just like, what's happening there? I don't know. (laughs) And then finally, we have Belle. This one will be available on VOD. Belle would do anything to save her ailing father. She journeys in search of a mythical, <laughs> mythical roles believed to be a cure. As payment for the roles, she must surrender herself to a vicious beast and battle his spell. 
So that sounds familiar. And then, of course, you know, Screenbox is available, you know, for you. Clearly, like, you're going to want to get it, like, at this, what? You know? Okay. And then. Live your life. Live your best life. Bloody Disgusting TV is also available. Thank you. And good night. Good night. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. On X, Twitter. I'm, I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter. People know what it is. Yeah, like. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at lovely Xena on Twitter. And on Bloody Disgusting TikTok, at Be Disgusting. Yeah. And you can hear me on my weekly Horneration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm the Meg, too. The French. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm Zena. You're the prequel. You're like the original. <laughs> I'm Megalodon. The originator. Did you say I'm Zena? I lost. Yeah, she did. She did. I'm sorry. No, I got a wrench in there. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. There. <laughs> <laughs>